Hello and welcome to Catholic Bites, a podcast for busy Catholics. This is Father Conrad. I have with me Father Christian Hubner. Father Christian, welcome back to Catholic Bites. Thanks, Father Conrad. Good to be back. Good to have you. So today we are going to talk about sacramental intention, which is perhaps an aspect of receiving the sacraments that many lay faithful don't really think about or don't don't have an understanding of. But as priests, we, we have a very intimate knowledge of and and I guess what we'll start with, um, we talked about before we started recording, we'll start talking about a big mass. Like, when I was in the office of worship, I needed to organize the youth mass and for rally for life. Down at what used to be called the Verizon Center. Whatever it's called now. The M- MCI Center, if you're really old school Washingtonian. But uh, yeah, so it had 18,000 uh, 18, Catholic young people, and you had to get communion for 18,000 people. And like... People in my office would heroically count out hosts for for days leading up to it and put them in specially marked bags. But you can't fit 18,000 hosts on the altar. And so the question is then, what do you do? How does it work for a priest, for the bishop in this case, to consecrate things that don't fit on the altar? Mm-hmm. So what what would you say the answer to that is? The answer, you're kind of serving up. Yeah, very, very softball. The The answer lies in intention, Uh, in the intention of the priest, or in this case, the archbishop or bishop who's celebrating that mass, specifically intending that all of the hosts designated for consecration at that mass, even the ones that don't fit on the altar of those 18,000 hosts, specifically intending to consecrate those, and also perhaps any other auxiliary chalices as mm-hmm. well that wouldn't, that wouldn't be on the altar. Exactly. When, when, we, when we prepared for the mass, we would remind the celebrant and all the con-celebrants, okay, there's going to be the stuff on the altar, but then there's two credence tables that line each side, and you want you to intend to consecrate everything on both those things. And it, and it brings to the question this, this role that intention has in our sacramental theology, which is that it's not enough for us just to do and say certain things. Like, it's not magic. We have to intend to do what the church intends. It's a human act. It, it involves everything that a human act involves. Exactly, exactly. And Christ is the one who's working through us as instruments, but he works through us according to our own mode of being. And as human beings, our mode of being is human action, and human action requires a certain intention. And so in the history of the church, there's been moments where we've we've had to wrestle with what does that actually mean, and how does that um, affect perhaps a situation where a priest doesn't intend to do something or intends expressly not to do something. And one area where this might come up regularly in people's experience coming to their Sunday Mass at, at their parish would be when your parish pastor or priest is celebrating Mass, what hosts is he consecrating? Mm-hmm. There are hosts of altar bread in the sacristy, behind the altar in, mm-hmm, in, mm-hmm. in my case, or, or wherever the sacristy is located, why are those not consecrated, and why do those not become the Eucharist, the body and blood of Christ during the Mass, and others do? Yeah. And what if there's a bread truck that's driving by at that exact moment? And, like, is it people, I think sometimes people have this idea of, like, well, maybe there's some sort of, like, distance, maximum consecratory distance that a priest has. Like, it's got to be within three yards or something like that. Or or, or can it go through walls or things like that? And it, it all comes down to, much more simply, 
the priest intends to consecrate what's on the altar. When I'm celebrating Mass, I intend to consecrate what's on the corporal on, on the altar and nothing more. Yeah, and when I'm working with new altar servers, training new altar servers, I have to explain this to them, that it's very important that if we have a ciborium, which is the bowl that holds the mm-hmm. hosts that are consecrated, uh, that we have a ciborium full of unconsecrated hosts at the beginning of Mass, it's very important that you bring those to the altar before <laughs> the Eucharistic prayer, because if they're left back on the what's called the credence table, off to the back or off to the side, I am not intending to consecrate those. Those mm-hmm. do not become the Eucharist. And that's important, too, because I have that surety then as well. If they mm-hmm. are not on, on the altar, I have that absolute certainty that they are not, they're not the Eucharist. And the, when, when, we, when we talk about intention, there, in the history of the Church, there's been debates as to like how that needs to be expressed. Does the priest need to say explicitly before each Mass, I intend to consecrate these things, I intend to do what the Church intends to do, or is it kind of mediated? And, and, and most people come down to the, the belief that if someone is entering into these rites, if as a priest you're preparing for Mass, you're putting on the vestments, you're saying the prayers, that that in itself is enough of a signal of your own intention that this is what you intend to do, unless you explicitly refuse to intend that in your heart, which is just a, 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 a big issue. And, and, and there's an example we were talking about before, and there's an example of... Um, in the uh, in the the new world in the Spanish uh, territories, there were some bishops who intended only to ordain priests who were not mixed race. Uh, so, if anyone who came to ordination in front of him was mixed race, he would still say the prayers. He would still lay on hands, but his intention would be to not ordain them because of racist th- thoughts or things like that. And the church came down hard on those bishops because it was so messing with the faithful's assumption that this is going to be something that is is valid because their their intention is so contrary to their actions and and that comes to that brings up a couple other kind of points in church history in which the church has ruled that one group or another can't possibly be intending to do what the church intends to do mm-hmm because their stated theological knowledge or the way they view something is clearly wrong. And so and like, we talked about a couple of examples beforehand as well. So one would be baptism within a non-Christian church, like mm-hmm. a Mormon church, for example. Yeah, they, their theology, their, their understanding of what the Trinity is, they don't believe in the, the Trinity as we do. So they can't possibly know, in, even though they're saying the exact same words, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, their they intention... They cannot mean the same thing. Exactly. They can't be intending to do the same thing. The other one that's most famous is um, uh, Saint, uh, Pope Leo XIII uh, said that uh, the Anglican Church didn't have valid orders because they couldn't possibly be intending to do what the Church does, which is to make a sacrificial priesthood. They, they clearly rejected that view of the priesthood, so they couldn't possibly have valid ordination because of that. And so I, I don't know about you, but I find it so fascinating partially because of the human element, like that we as human beings are instruments of Christ, but we're not, we're not magicians. We're not ju- it's not just about saying the right words for the right intonation. It's about our whole human being, human, human existence entering into that. Mm-hmm. And yet at the same time, all we have to do is just to intend to do what the church does because it's really not us doing it. We're still the vessels of Christ who brings about the sanctification of souls through us. And there's maybe some interesting points to bring up too about the different sacraments and who can intend to celebrate these different sacraments. Uh, And there are degrees. So maybe at at the most stringent end would be sacrament of holy orders Mm -hmm. and and the Eucharist, 
mm-hmm. uh, where it's a very limited, defined number of people who even have that capacity um, to intend to validly celebrate mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. those sacraments. Um, at the at the other ex- extreme would be baptism, which can be validly celebrated even by someone who is not a Christian, not a baptized person, him or herself, so long as that person intends to do what the church does when she baptizes. And, and even, even that, that intention doesn't even have to be that explicit. It's just no. got to be like, okay, yeah, if someone asked, like, if you're stuck on a desert island, you want to become Catholic, and you're not yet, and you have someone else there with you, they can say, oh, you can tell them, even if they're Muslim or they're Buddhist or whatever, can you just put me under the water and say, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, even if they don't even believe those things, so long as they're intending through that right in some way mm-hmm. to do what the church does, then you're validly baptized. It, and it, it's an interesting, perhaps, view on the sacrament of baptism then, because as the gateway into saving faith in Christ, it is the easiest sacrament to receive in, in that sense. The Even the elements, uh, water. Yeah. Water and words. That's it. <laughs> readily available throughout the entire world, or there wouldn't even be human life there yeah, in the first place. except in the Sahara Desert. But, you know, other than that, I think you're, you're pretty good to go. <laughs> You've got a canteen in the Sahara Desert. That's right, exactly. Uh, yeah, if you're listening to this in the Sahara Desert and you want to be baptized, sorry about that. <laughs> so so the, the interesting, I, I don't know, it just, it, it fascinates me that, that our human in, intention, our act of desiring to do something, plays a role in Christ's saving grace. And, and, and what that brings us back to is the reality that Christ wants to work in and through us, not as puppets, but in our fu- the fullness of our humanity, and that that fullness of humanity has a, has a role in his saving power. And it's still Christ who's doing it, but we really get to participate as humans. And that's not just true in the sacramental level, of course, but like when anyone is going out and telling people about Jesus Christ, it's Christ's grace working through them but at the same time, their human intuition, their human thoughts and, and ways of speaking and their own intention is, is linked to Christ. And, and that's what it means to be a member of the body of Christ, the church. There's a wonderful scripture from one of St. Paul's epistles. I worked harder than any of them. He tells, he, he's writing mm-hmm. uh, with comparison to the other apostles. He says, I worked harder than any of them. And yet, not me, but Christ working through me. Yeah, yeah. Those things are not at all in conflict. Paul's real, deliberate, human actions and, and intentions and, and efforts, and entirely the grace of Christ. Exactly. And that's fundamentally why the priest intends to do certain things, is to be that channel of Christ's grace through his actions, uh, celebrating celebrating the Eucharist, doing all these different things. And so now hopefully you have a little bit of an insight, uh, listeners, into what is going on in our hearts and minds. Sometimes you're a little distracted before Mass, but uh, the priest, but you know, try and bring your intention habitually at least to to being to doing what Christ does in the in the mass and 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 making sure that you're a clear channel of of Christ's uh, grace. Thank you, Father Christian, for this great conversation. Thanks for having me, Father Conrad. And thank you, everyone, for listening. If you'd like to listen to other great Catholic talks, you can find us at catholicbitespodcast.com or you can find us on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Uh, you can easily find us. Just search for Catholic Bites Bites with a Y. Thank you and God bless you. <laughs>